Hey, welcome to the Busted Zipper Podcast. Today I got Josh, Lacey, and Trevor. Josh, what do we got today? Um, got a few things that are hot off the press. Uh, we'll start with a little Star Wars action. Uh, it has been reported that the Han Solo movie that's coming out, the, the origin story for Han Solo, uh, the Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, the directors, have left the project due to, I, I think it's... Creative differences, yeah. you know, the, the phrase they use for every single director always <laughs> leaving a project. Um, we've talked about this movie a couple of times on the podcast. We're going to go into a little bit deeper here on something that Chase brought up last <clears throat> week. Um, but, I mean, I've always been iffy about this, say for Donald Glover as Lando. Do you guys, I mean, what do you guys think about two directors? It's not always a bad sign. Movies <clears throat> have survived after directors have left, but it's definitely not a good start. It's the Han Ono movie oh. because we're, uh, <laughs> no. we don't even have a, we don't even have one director. It's not even a solo director. Yeah, that's a bad joke. It was a great joke. Can we take no, it back? It was, we uh, start again, Lance. Uh, um, yeah, I'll edit <laughs> that one out. Um, sorry. Um, um, whew, it isn't a good sign. I mean, right. it's not like a it's great never thing, a good but sign. It, they just kind of started, right? I mean, it, it's not. Right. You know, it's. Is the name of this movie just Han Solo? I have no idea. <laughs> That's real creative on their part. I, I don't. I don't really care about the movie because it's not. I mean, Han Solo is. Um, what's the same? Uh, Harrison Ford. So yeah, to not me, not Alden Ehren, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, Chase brought that up. Yeah. Uh, last podcast, like it's not Han Solo because it's not Harrison Ford. So yeah. Yeah. again, I don't care about this movie. So nobody else apparently does either. Yeah. Again, <clears throat> I would I mean. rather see a Lando origin story starring <clears throat> yeah. Donald. I would rather see a one man show starring Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian sure. yeah. than see this movie. I'll, yeah. Um, I'll take that. Which kind of leads me to my next question. Would you guys, there are a lot of origin stories nowadays uh, based on properties that are, already exist so whether they recast it or whatever would you guys rather see something like this or would you rather see another rogue one not just star wars i'm talking about any movie across would you rather see a separate like a spin-off movie with original characters would you rather see a a deeper look at a pre-existing character for me i think it depends on the origin story i'm i bring the disney side of things to your podcast (laughs) but like Disney's doing something with their origin stories right now where they're giving characters an excuse for why they are the way that they are. Um, And that I dislike. If you're just adding fuel to the already existing story, I think an origin story can be fascinating and exciting. Mm -hmm. But if, like, for instance, Maleficent, they made her a sympathetic good guy character in her backstory with their origin story. And it totally negates... The Maleficent that you see in Sleeping yeah. Beauty. She's sort of, I mean, look at a game like Kingdom Hearts. She is sort of looked on as the, the de facto evil in the Disney world. Yes. Like, she is sort of evil incarnate in mm. terms of the, this whole universe. But right. now, she just got her heart broken, guys. Yeah, and she, she really <laughs> loves Sleeping Beauty. She was just taking care. Like, mm-hmm. that's just, that. it negates everything that Disney had already established. So yeah. I think if you supply backstory that kind of i don't know um enhances enhances the story that you already have i think an origin story is great uh, if if you're negating everything you've already done right, right. give me an original give right. me something new yeah two things i think yes in re- regards to han solo it's like is this origin story just going to be a bunch of like moments where he clearly shot first 
You know what I mean? Is it going to be? Yeah. You establish that, like, that's what he does, man. He shoots first, right, okay? Yeah. Why do we need um, an origin story about Han Solo? Well, I think right. that's, not to interrupt you here, but that's part of Han Solo's mythos is that he's this mysterious yeah. sort of right. this, this mythological almost. He's the smuggler that <clears> appeared out of nowhere. He's supposed to appear out of nowhere. And kind of, he's this wonder, yeah. this lone ranger who does what he wants. I don't mm. want to see why he does what he does. That's what makes Han Solo Han Solo. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, to that point too, and you know this is coming, I'm, or it's probably already been confirmed, uh, or you know, is about to be. There's going to be a Boba Fett thing, and that, and to me, that was the the draw of Boba Fett. It was yeah. the, you know the reason he was such a well liked and popular guy was because <clears throat> he was mysterious. And you're like, but well, I want to know about that dude. He doesn't yeah. say anything. He nods his head. Right. He's not good at his job. But you know what I mean? Truly, like, I don't want an origin story about Boba Fett. I want another story with him. I want him. It's just being pick up from the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. yeah? I, yeah. <laughs> my dream, in terms of Star Wars offshoots, would be to have Ewan McGregor reprise his role as Obi Wan and see what happens between Episode Six and Episode. Or excuse me, episode three, three and four, four. Mm. with Obi Wan played by Hugh McGregor again. He's a little older. He would be great. I yeah. would love to see that. And that's not a rehash. Yeah. That's just a con that's right. what Lacey it's, touched on. It's a continuation of the story. Right. Mm -hmm. Just get, give us another story with this character. It's yeah. a slight like I guess problem with the the culture today is that it, we want we just want more, and so. Yeah. Um, it's like that was part of the draw, you know, maybe before the movies came out of the prequels, right? Was it was like you're going to get to see the origins of these characters that you already have loved, right. that everybody loves. And then I remember when like suck. episode one came out, you're like, but what, what's like Qui-Gon like as a kid? You know, it always kind of yeah. goes that route. You're like, right. well, now we got to do a Qui-Gon origin. And then we got to introduce his master. And now we got to do an origin for oh, his yeah. master. Or let's do up oh, young Yoda. It's like, when, when <laughs> does it stop? At some point, you got to kind of rein it in a little Except bit. Except they right? messed up and made, made all the characters we see later in the series, uh, Anakin, uh, like all the characters that will continue on, they made them suck, and all the characters that were cool died. <laughs> Qui Gon, Darth Maul, Mace Windu, and then you're like, "But I wanted more of I those guys more. specifically." Yeah. Yeah. I, I and are still alive. <laughs> I saw rumors about a Darth Vader standalone movie, and that just feels like, "Oh, we fucked up on Rogue One. We didn't give you enough Vader. We need a whole Vader movie." Which I feel that was their one chance to make Vader look badass and yeah. be really feared because they. They should go. One if they want to do that, they should go straight Force Unleashed. Then, and, oh, man, you know, don't it, start it. But, but at the same token, that movie, that movie's already made, right? Because right. of the games, it's mm -hmm. like, do we? We don't need to see it because no matter yeah, what you that, do it, and it's not going to add up. Why not? Let's just go. Let's just take the word origin and make it a bigger word into original. Let's just do hey, original hey, movies. Hey, you know what hey, I mean? Because yeah. to your question too, I would rather see more of that. As much as I enjoyed Rogue One and Mm. I, I'm excited for the future of these Star Wars films. Like, can we do something that isn't connected at all? Because Rogue One obviously had, like, it, the door was being held open by Episode 4 and Episode right. 3, right? Or whatever. I'd tie I mean, in. It's like, let's go to a far corner of this universe mm -hmm. with characters we don't know anything about prior. Because then all, all bets are off and there's no rules. And now you could, I mean, and with Star Wars, you, you want, could do whatever yeah, you want. If you want fan service, include a species that's in Star Wars. Include Mention a character or whatever. That will always happen. Yeah. But, yeah, I would rather see a Rogue One where it's original characters in a familiar universe. And that was part of its success. Over a agree? Han Solo movie, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah, that, like, we like didn't the know new, these characters. Like, oh, shit, they're all yeah. new. Yeah. Um, Star Wars. Uh, the next. 
transitions uh, are fun. Yeah, there's no transition <laughs> here. Uh, well, no, we will talk about spinoffs. Um, speaking of spinoffs, mm. HBO has confirmed that there's going to be, they're in the works of seven, I think, different Game of Thrones spinoffs. Excuse me? Seven different they're, shows? They're looking at. One of them is oh, okay. all, damn near confirmed. Um, Game Show of Thrones. Game Show of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, the game of Game of Thrones. It's an SNL <laughs> yeah. sketch. It's so good. But one is like all next to confirm Duncan Egg, which is there's a really good book, Lacey Red, I'm currently reading about two characters and their various adventures. I think a good thing that could be done with something like this is American Horror Story style mm. or American Crime, I think is what it's called. The miniseries or, or true crime, right? Yes. The OJ one? Yeah. Um, where each season is a new character, set of characters set in the Game of Thrones universe. Hmm. I think hmm. that is increasing in popularity, that style of show, and I like that because it's a fresh... That's what, that's what you, a lot of shows run into the problem of nowadays and why you see so many cancellations is do we cram all of our, our, all of our good moments and our good storytelling into the first season mm-hmm. and then lose viewers in the back end? Or do we risk it and have a slow burn but risk getting canceled after a season? Right, because everyone's like, get to the stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I think one season miniseries, that's the word, are, are also gaining in popularity because it's, it's a new show every season mm-hmm. but in the same style. Mm-hmm. Um, I just read an sorry to cut you off, no, but I just read an article this morning from Variety, and it was talking about how audiences are all about the shorter media now. Like YouTube is becoming a huge yeah. venue for it. Doesn't matter how short the content is, as long as they're getting the story and the message across, mm-hmm. and that's what audiences are now being drawn to. Even TV shows, people have a hard time sitting down and committing to a series because they're like. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to like it for nine episodes. Is it a control thing? Like, is it like, uh, you know, because YouTube, you you can watch. I'm going to sit down and watch three YouTube videos right now, right? Yeah. And, then, mm-hmm. and then I'm done. It never it never ends at three, let's be right. real. Because you go down that <laughs> rabbit hole, you're like, what have I done with my Friday? But, like, is that is that the thing? Because, like, streaming devices are similar yeah, concepts. Mm-hmm. And that, it's, like, I have the library of things at my disposal and i get to decide when i watch it how many i watch i'm not gonna let the network tell me i have to wait a week (laughs) it seems like a very old man yells at cloud thing but i think it's i think it's also attention span Mm -hmm. you see the rise of instagram videos of vines of all these things that i can get i can get a full video that i'll laugh at in six seconds why bother with anything longer why invest and, in a freaking 21-minute Family I mean, Guy episode? Fam- well, I was just going to bring up Family Guy, but they hit the nail on the head. Family Guy, you could cut out a minute of any Family Guy episode, and you'll get a standalone joke that you don't have to watch Because of all the throwbacks right. that they do. All the throwbacks and, yeah. and all the stupid bits. But you do that with a, a classic comedy back, you know, the original Simpsons or even further back any of the classic sitcoms that – we're all it's a long arc i love lucy all those old ones it's a it's a longer arc it's you have to watch the that, whole episode you get involved in the story but there's pros and cons of both sides it kind of scares me yeah because i'm like nah, nah, I, we're slightly derailing anything from your original topic but it's, it's it, fine. like I, if i like forecast that down the line like i could foresee a, a not so fun future of watching certain things or like yeah it's, mm-hmm. it, even with comedy, it could really ruin it because now you're like distill your shit down into six seconds or whatever, yeah. and mm-hmm. and be funny now and and give me your story in three minutes and and that's it. And it's like, whoa. thankfully, I think you have the AMC's, the HBO, the right. stars, the companies that are digging their heels and saying, no, we're gonna give, we're gonna 
put out the, the same old high, scripted shit. Yeah, yeah the <laughs> same high quality yeah. scripted material that and, we have been putting out. And those shows like Game of Thrones, back to our yeah. topic, uh, I feel like people have such a connection to these shows that they're willing to go full in on yeah. them, yeah. right? There is no show on TV right now except Game of Thrones that I watch the night it comes. Like, we have DVR, so I'll save like things and I'll, and I'll mm-hmm. watch a couple. Yeah. And whenever, you know, a week or two later, I'll watch a couple in a row and be like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Game of Thrones is a show that I will clear my Sunday night for and sit yeah. and watch yeah. when it airs. Yeah. Right. And there's not uh, there's not too many people that I've spoken to that have started it and not, like, kept going within that show. Like, they have to keep watching it. There's nobody that's like, eh, not my thing. Right. Everybody gets into it mm-hmm. and everybody's yeah. locked in. Yeah. It, it is a thick show. I'll yeah. say so that. I mean, Game of Thrones is proof that <clears throat> it can be done. You don't yeah. have to... Well, so, mm-hmm. for, so going forward, then, I, I don't know if I would really want, like, these American Horror Story miniseries show style. yeah like give me a miniseries but mm. give me a great miniseries give yeah. me a great nine episodes like a long movie you know yeah play everything out for me give me yeah i want to see that i mean that's what game of thrones has, has perfected the intense what i think the walking dead did so well when it first started and now it's kind of petered off and it got better and whatever but give me an intense first episode and a half of the season fucking five episodes of exposition nothing mm. is happening then the last well, two episodes well, of the season yeah I mean, we kind of can't but, stop ourselves though, because I think you or you posted just something the other day on Facebook about. Uh, now I'm gonna blink. Supernatural, right? They're doing like a supernatural spinoff. Oh, I don't know. No, it wasn't me. Maybe it wasn't either you, but somebody. It's yeah. It was like the, there's just talks of it doing a supernatural, hmm. and that's a show I've never gotten into. No, but right. I know it's like in its 11th season. It's still like going super yeah, strong, like very rapidly mm-hmm. followed. But I, I think of shows like Breaking Bad. And the, the the legend is that Vince Gilligan was like, I knew from the get-go where I wanted it to end, and I always kind of knew we were going to have really like a tight window of seasons. We were never yeah. just going to overstay our welcome. Yeah. And that's great, but even still, there was a must have been a push at some point for give me more Breaking Bad so we get better Call Saul. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and as a fan of that, and as somebody that's wearing a shirt, it's like, uh, great, I want to see that, but it's sort of... It sort of That's, feeds into the beast a little bit because it's like we just can't ever have enough. Like I think there's something to be said about going. This is what you get, and that's what you get. Yeah. It's an interesting argument because Breaking Bad is a perfect example. Vince Gilligan was it five seasons, right? Five seasons. He's yeah. like, I'm ending it at five seasons, and that's everyone's it. like, you're crazy. You have the best show on TV. You could go ten more, but, right. but I don't want it. But now it's going down as one of the best shows in television history. Right. I think because Vince Gilligan said no. Five seasons. Right, right. This is my story, mm-hmm. and you, the inverse of that you look at something like How I Met Your Mother, and they, if you finish that show, there's a lot of issues. I won't spoil it, whatever, but there's a lot of issues with the ending because the ending was sort of, they did a 180 and they kind of boomerang back where they were like two seasons ago, and everyone was like, why? And then after a while, the creator came out and said, yeah, we didn't plan on going that long. <laughs> yeah, mm. but well, yeah, and that's that's what happened with uh, Penny Dreadful. That was one of my favorite shows. And uh, the creator said, I think mid-run through season two, he's like, this is only going to be three seasons. Uh, he, he told the creators, like, this is it. We get three seasons. Conversely, now. you mentioned Walking Dead. I thought I read something a while back where they said, we have no intention of ever stopping. They said, no. It's the most watched show on cable TV or right. whatever, right? And it's and, and in that sense, you could understand that. But it's like, they're going to go forever. Robert Kirkman said they'll go until And that's probably not a really good call. No, it's going to drag. You know? Because, like, what's... Yeah. Zombies gotta die, <laughs> or everybody does. Maybe right? Everybody dies, or all the zombie dies. Um, yeah. Back to Game of Thrones, though. Uh, a new Game of Thrones season seven trailer released, mm-hmm. 
about an hour ago from filming this. Damn. Um, Lacey and I are completely caught up. I know you guys, you don't partake and you're a little behind. I'm right? way behind, but yeah. Um, it's those of their watch the trailer. It's phenomenal. They, this season and the, this is the second to last season. It's going to be three, two episodes shorter than all the other previous mm-hmm. seasons. Seven as seven opposed to ten. Second to last, really? Okay. Yeah, second to last season. Um, and all of the cast have said how this season and the next are more action-packed than any other. It I mean, like, yeah. everyone, even if you don't watch Game of Thrones, you know the phrase is winter is coming, winter is coming, blah, blah, blah. The, the name and tagline of this trailer is winter is here. <laughs> uh, and if you ha- watch <laughs> it, if you need to watch it, but Lacey made a good point. At the end of the trailer, Sansa says something. <laughs> Sansa, at the very end of the trailer, says uh, something along the lines of, "When the snow has, when the snow has fallen and the cold wind blows, the lone wolf dies and the pack survives." And where we left off last season was Cersei taking over mm-hmm. everything as queen of King's Landing. Yeah, for various reasons. And all other characters on their way pretty much to joining together and banding together. So I feel like that's too easy of an answer, but that's kind of what the trailer... That's something Game of Thrones really does does well, is they either either give you the super predictable, like in the Battle of the Bastards, one of the best episodes they've ever had. Ever. (laughs) um, From last season. Completely predictable, albeit incredible. You knew, you were like, I bet he's going to die, I bet he's going to survive. Every time you and said it that, happened. it came through. It huh. came true. But they'll also give you the opposite. We're like, holy shit! He's gonna die. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's something that a lot of shows wish they did as well as Game of Thrones is yeah. they'll either give you the completely predictable outcome or they'll give you the exact opposite of what you expected, and you never know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Which is well, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> that's an interesting, I think, uh, idea or, or concept to talk about with shows or, or planning entertainment in general, like it. I think sometimes people look at um, swerving an audience mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. being like well written, right? And I don't think in and of itself, just because you did something that somebody didn't see, doesn't necessarily make you like this genius. Because it's yeah. like you could probably bend your own rules within the world you've created, and and you didn't see that coming. And it's like, well, yeah, no wonder I didn't see it coming because there was no I even did, like I, signs. About I didn't that. know that it could have happened. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Um, whereas sometimes I think giving an audience what they want to see even if it is predictable is maybe the best payoff yeah you know yeah. Right? I, th- I think as a creator and as as a writer you kind of owe that to your audiences yeah. at some point at least every even, now and then yeah not it can't you just know, be it doesn't one way all the time be, right mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't Spoilers. always have to be a happy ending it doesn't always have to be you know every every knot is tied and up in a pretty package at the end of everything yeah. but mm-hmm. right. as putting out content you you have to in some ways keep your wa- your watchers your listeners you have to keep your audience happy you have to yeah. keep them coming back for more and that's not always yeah and, the, and isn't game of thrones ahead yeah. of the books oh yeah know, it's not officially point? ahead of the books they're like they're totally diverse but they've, yeah it's been said I, re- I remember for a while because it's it's that's like the one show on social media that everybody gets really upset about if you spoil yeah mm-hmm. and um there was this great meme that would go around or something it was like george rr R. martin and, and chilling with a bunch of books he's like oh you worry about spoilers well you read the books you know what i mean Cause yeah. like this book this existed before the show but now right. but now, now they're ahead. in territory that's uncharted and, so they, and like, they've said that 
it's totally separate from oh. anything else. Speaking of Uncharted. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. That. <laughs> uh, transitions are fun. The, one of the directors of the Uncharted series, The Lost Legacy, is coming out soon. They're sort of spin-off game starting. Can't wait. Uh, it's Chloe, and, right? Chloe? Chloe, yeah. Um, they said someone asked him if the Uncharted universe will be dead after The Lost Legacy, and he said, I highly, I highly doubt that, or I highly expect that to be the case. Where's Can't my be. Sully origin? If we're talking about origins, I would say... But I would, I would play, be all about that, dude. Play, play as Sully Ooh, in young younger Sully? days. Yeah. Something, I mean, you, everyone knows Naughty Dog could uh, poop on a CD and sell it, and I'd buy I'd pre-order yeah. it. Yeah, um, <laughs> Something I think Naughty Dog... It would Dog, be game of the year. <laughs> hell yeah, it would, because it's Naughty Dog. I think Naughty Dog is too... We'll talk a little bit more about this with Wonder Woman. I, I want to give them props in terms of they've, for a while since like uncharted 2 they have handled save for obviously the metroid series they've handled strong female characters in video games better than a lot of companies mm -hmm. mm. because you look at the characters on uncharted you look at chloe you look at the characters Elena. in last of us mm -hmm. ellie uh naughty dog does they do the thing where i don't want to get too like preachy or you know social justice but there's games like Metroid where Samus is strong because she's got a suit of armor and she can blow things up. But like Naughty Dog, I'm just going to be jerking off Naughty Dog here, for, but it's fine. Naughty Dog does a thing where like their characters, both male and female, are equal because they're good at what they do and they don't have to be anything other than they are. Mm -hmm. So Ellie is resourceful because she's a scrappy little kid in the middle of the apocalypse. She can't fight. But like, it maybe has nothing to do with her being a woman. You, exactly. That's exactly right. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's a scrappy kid in the apocalypse who happens to be immune. Spoiler alert. So she can do things that Joel can't but she can't fight like Joel can, so she's not going to try to punch anybody out. She's going to hand Joel, she's going to sneak around, tell Joel what to do, and go through infected areas that he can't, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, things like Chloe and and everybody. That's why I'm excited for The Lost Legacy, because it's an Uncharted game, but it's proving you don't have to be Drake for these games to be good. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Well said. I think, yeah. Th yeah. I've always thought that, and I remember that was like the one of the lasting memories when I first played through The Last of Us was... I am in love with Ellie uh, and not having really anything to do with the fact that it's a girl. It was just right. like, th this the is one of the coolest awesome. characters I've ever like right. yeah. played with, Yeah, you know, in a video game. Yeah. And for all those reasons, because of the things she was able to do and what she meant to the story and what she meant to, to Joel. And then it was like, oh, and it's, it's just great that it is a female character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it has not, her, her, her being so cool had nothing to do or so good and no effect of it was because she was a girl. Mm -hmm. It just added bonus. Also in Uncharted 4, right away at the beginning of the game, you get the shit kicked out of you by a woman. Nadine, you remember oh, yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She yeah, beats your ass. Mm -hmm. Queen yeah. Nadine. Yeah. She's, no, she's a She's dominant. She's I love that I want to spin off game with Nadine. Yeah, let's go. Origins. Um, as far as Uncharted goes, though, I'm just not done with Drake. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't, miss him. I wouldn't yes. mind if whatever universe. We I go love through. Nolan North, so give me more Nolan North. Yeah. What if what if we go so far in the future? We're playing as Drake becomes Sully, and we're playing as his daughter. Because I mean, it, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I need but what a if lot his daughter him, pulls him back in? Well, I need a lot of Drake, though. I, <laughs> I listen. I'm a big PS guy. That's all I buy anymore. I don't really go into Xbox. And every PS comes with an Uncharted game, right? I mean, ever yeah. since PS2 or PS3, 
when it was like the new gen or the next gen games. That was there. There was like, look what we can do. Yeah, with like, Uncharted. Yeah, we're gonna show you. We're gonna show you everything we can do with Uncharted, and that's what I want. I want more Uncharted games. I want more Drake. But it, that's what it felt like. The epilogue to Uncharted Four. I'm not gonna say who 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 is who or whatever. But when you played as the girl, and you were doing shit that Nathan does. It, that's what it felt like. Is like, mm-hmm. hey, what if we had another game where you played as well, her and Nathan was your Sully? Okay. Yeah, and and to I'll go back it. too to to The Last of Us, uh, that feeling when it switched over to Winner, and you played, and her. you were like, oh, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, I have to control Ellie. It was like, yeah, oh, it was like, dude, it and, was another, and it was you. It was like get forward on the edge of your seat moment. You know, and it was smart too because you had way less health than Joel. You couldn't get a knife. Like, you had a knife and a bow and arrow. <laughs> like yeah. you had, you had to adjust your play style because you weren't this tank with old man strength. You were a fifteen-year-old girl who had to hunt to survive. God, I love Naughty Dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Yeah. That uh, seems to be the trend of games that we're going towards, right? I mean, yeah. we're we're thinking about that for Arkham, the new Arkham games. Yeah. Maybe Robin and Batman, kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. God of War. It's gonna yeah, be God a, of War. Oh, you're right. Because right. he's like his kid now. Yeah. 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 Um. Back to HBO a little bit. David, Damon Lindelof, who is currently doing The Leftovers, which I haven't watched but hear only good things about. I think it's on HBO. Why do I know that name? Show. Well, he's done something else, right? Uh, he did the new Star Trek movies, World War Z. Mm. He's done writer, producer, showrunner, a couple of things. But it's starting to come out that he is going to make a Watchmen series for HBO. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm not too familiar with the Watchmen, save for the movie. I know you're not. Mm-mm. Do you read it or just see it in the movie? Little bits and pieces, but yeah, mostly the film. The whole yeah. concept of the Watchmen. Will you? It's kind of well. The, uh, I'm sure somebody out there can be like, "You're so way off," but it's <laughs> the, the 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 premise was like at least in the film, right? Was that who watches the Watchmen? Yeah. And the Watchmen were 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 these. The superheroes for they like the kind of harken back to the golden age of right. of like you know. All right, let's let's read the synopsis here. Oh, okay, yeah, and do an that. Alternate eighty-five America costume heroes are part of everyday life. When one of his former commands is murdered, mass vigilante Warshak, one of the coolest characters of all time, ever uncovers a plot to kill and discredit all past and present superheroes. So that's that's the base of that story. I know that there's a few comics that were yeah. kind of peeled off of that, though. Yeah. I know that there's a few of these. It's uh, the, to me, it always felt like a story that was about you know these guys, th- this group of heroes that had good intentions. They formed a, a Justice League or an Avengers type of thing uh, because they realized there were global threats and that they they could stop them if they pulled their powers together. But then. As is always the case, somebody looked at them and said, "Well, you got the most powerful people right. all in one room. What's going to stop us from them turning and kind of running everything? So somebody mm. needs to keep them in check. The yeah. government the being they type of thing. Like they, they can't just they can't just have carte blanche to do whatever they want. So nice. um, Crazy. yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it's, it's the heat. But uh, but." Uh, so it's it's sort of that type of tale and and yeah like he had said in that it, the story kind of starts with one of the old classic heroes getting killed yeah mm-hmm. and then as a result everyone's kind of looking into it and they're realizing yeah all the old guys all of our heroes are getting killed off somebody's wiping them out what's happening and so the new age of guys the Rorschachs the 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 I can't even think of the, any of the other ones yeah um, is he called Owlman I think Night it's Owl something Night Owl Night Owl, Night Owl. Yeah. yeah Owlman is uh, very much just Batman. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's well, it's Alan Moore who did the Killing Joke right. uh, and stuff like that, and he's done a ton of 
like landmark comic book stuff but um it's that concept they follow it. and so yeah. it's like it's this mystery and and it's it's great it's a really great book um and great story but it's yeah it's that idea yeah i think it's perfect for an hbo series so Everyone's is this a series where it's continuing on past one season or is this a one that's a good question if it's a one-off, I think it's gonna be great. I mean, uh, yeah, how much I think money it, they put towards uh, Westworld and how great that was. Yeah, it's gonna be and more they than had, one season, um, right? <laughs> I think it could be one season because they did the book you read, HBO. What book? Liars, right? Pretty or uh, Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Yes, and it was fantastic. It was one season based off a large book, but I think it would be. I think there's, they can definitely do that a, a one-season show. I think Watchmen. If they had, say, eight one-hour episodes, mm-hmm. you can cover a lot of ground of a comic series like that with and get but a lot of fans happy. They did that with Spawn, right? You can watch the, the series of yeah. Spawn on HBO. I think they're bringing that back, too. I think the animated show? That. Yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's a killer show. That is a fucked-up show. It's cool. But, it, I mean, mm-hmm. that's animated. Obviously, they want to do a live action, right? I mean... Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I'm down for it. I think it'll be awesome, especially with what HBO's willing to do for their shows. Hell yeah. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. I love Westworld. Um, <sighs> taking a hard left, uh, Sega has announced a couple of things. There's going to be a Sega Genesis micro console coming out in September with 85, 88, 80-some games on it, much like the Nintendo gang. Um, but there's they just announced Sega Forever, which is going to be an app on your phone. It's a free-to-play ad-based app. And every two to three weeks, they're going to add new games to this app. And if you want to buy the game and uh, remove the ads, it's only $2. Oh, wow. Per game? Per game. Hmm. But, I mean, that's two games for Sonic, for Comic Zone, yeah. for all these classic Genesis games on your phone. And I think it's really smart. <laughs> I fucking hope so. <laughs> um, I think it's really smart because you have this sort of this offshoot of of a demographic that is pretty untapped right now that i think you fit perfectly um did you play sonic no there's i'll take crash for example you're starting to see it tapped into nowadays Mm -hmm. is like you play crash bandicoot a lot Mm -hmm. but like you don't you don't go so far into the first person the new age stuff the side scrollers all that the classic uh, uh, template of video games is still very appealing to both casual and hardcore gamers alike and I think whether it's revamping old games or whether it's making new ones like Shovel Knight or Castle Crashers I think it's a, a, a really big market that you don't see a lot of AAA companies maybe investing in as much as say mm-hmm. an indie company. I, I think just like any trend People like, I mean, video games have been around since, what, 70s, 80s? Ma- I mean, majorly in the 80s. Yeah. Those people are starting to grow up and have kids, so now they're starting to go like, oh, I remember this game. You should play this, you know? So Sega's finally like, oh, we found our niche. We yep. can come back because yeah. everybody wants our games again. Everybody wants to play us again. Everybody's buying our accessories like me. I'm yep. buying old accessories for my Genesis. So uh, it's kind of that trend that comes back, and um, parents want their kids to play what they played. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's awesome because yeah. like, I'm about it. I'm yeah. gonna do that. Sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> totally. <laughs> don't apologize. Force, I'm our, not sorry. Yeah. force our kids to play a game. No, we can fucking play. Ocarina of time. Listen, if you don't yeah. play this game, you don't get your. You're you're, not, you don't get your dinner, you're, and you can't get dessert until you yeah. get dinner, right? And you can't <laughs> play Assassin's Creed. I want a Game Boy Advance or a Game Boy Color. Like that's what that's yeah, the, that's the era. The, that's yeah. what I played, mm-hmm. and that's what I want now. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I feel like we're going to be telling our kids, no, 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 no. You can't play Uncharted, like the new Uncharted or the new Assassin's Creed, until, until right. you go through what we had to go <laughs> through. Yeah, play some Pong, you, play some Mario. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go through it like we did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, so you by the time we got to Uncharted, yeah. we nutted. It was <laughs> like we had to go. I don't want to see a single kid complain about PS4 or PS5's graphics. No. I'll Shut punch up. him in his face. Yeah, what an age to be born <laughs> in. Like, like this is their awareness of video games. Yeah. It's like, man, you have no idea yeah. some learn of the today. video games we had to sit through. But I mean, <laughs> some of them are still regarded as the best games of all time. True. Like, yeah. You look at Ocarina of Time. I mean, a lot of them came out on the 64, honestly. Maybe that's just me. But a lot, uh, something, too, I've talked about before, I think is really, I'm surprised we haven't seen much of, is you see these games, the Skyrims, these, even Uncharted with these double-digit hour play times like in Skyrim and Fallout and the Bethesda games you can have a hundred hour play times and mm. not finish everything the Witcher the, wi oh, <laughs> the Witcher 3 uh, fuck yeah um, <laughs> but then you have games like Comic Zone you have the old Mario's Castlevania uh, 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 one of the Metal Slug all these old really difficult games that took 30 40 50 hours to beat and it's not because there's only nine levels yeah. but they're so punishingly hard right mm -hmm. that you have to master every single move that your enemy mm -hmm. does and you have you had literally needed to get the timing down of yeah. the game right because yeah. it was all it was all just like a, it's all based on rhythm and i think punishingly mm -hmm. hard games there's still a market for them i mean Lacey has seen me play dark souls and right. almost break our coffee table yeah. <laughs> many times same with bloodborne <laughs> like yeah. it still exists you can still tell that that's why I think I like so much that it's very clear now that people who played games back in the day are now making games. Mm. And I think that's Absolutely. why we're all... I would, I would venture to guess we're in the golden age of video games right now. Who knows what's going to come in the future? I'm worried that this is a whole different discussion for a different day. But I'm, I'm getting a little concerned that technology is uh, overshadowing video games. Mm -hmm. Like, VR is cool, but I'd rather play a good game yeah. than yeah. be blown away by the yeah. visuals of it. And the story. And the story, yeah. The I'd visuals rather... to a certain extent, right? right? I had a conversation with uh, somebody at work the other day saying, like, I'm, I'm good with the graphics now. Like, it's getting way too real. Yeah. Let's not go any further than where it yeah. is right now because then it's graphics just a movie. Are perfect where they're Because then pretty soon I'm going to be killing actual people in right. games or something. You, you know? can see yeah. the life leave their eyes. Right, right. Because <laughs> that was always the big thing for a while. It was like, this game looks really good, but the eyes, you, no matter how good you are at mm. animating and designing, like, the eyes are always going to look dead. Yeah, you know, not, as you're not stabbing him, you can see him mouth his wife and kids' names right. as he's falling. Yeah, so I hope you're proud of that. But uh. what's that? I mean, but that all comes back to, I mean, Uncharted is so great because of the story, and right. The Last of Us is so great because of the story. You run into games. There was a game that came out a couple of months ago that was like there are endless worlds that you can travel to and no explore. Man's Sky. Yes, yeah. and it's like. It no lasted. It was hot for like a week because of the graphics, and then everyone was like, "Man, eh, I'm over it." Because there was free, no like three weeks in. Yeah, they, yeah. They, yeah. They're like, "Okay, just please, someone play it." Yeah. I think it's to that point. It, essentially, I don't think The Last of Us or Uncharted, as examples, have very complicated stories. Like, if you just if you try to break down, like, what what's the basic story of The Last of Us without giving anything away? It's a pretty simple storyline. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like, it's compelling with within the way it's written and, and the, the performances. Right. And then and then yeah, the 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 drama of it gets the stakes get so high, and there's some very like butt clenching moments where you're like, mm. uh, 
but it's it, I think that's just it. It's like let's just pare it down. Like we don't need to, we don't need all these frills and and yeah. escapism mm-hmm. things where we can just go anywhere. Like that's fun, true, but like there is a a merit to these older games because they were constrained by what they could build. It was just a pretty straightforward come at you video yeah. game. Yeah. But it's, you still found endless joy I in it. I mean that. the Kamel Nanjiani the comedian makes a good point in one of his bits where they didn't have they didn't have the memory, they didn't have the RAM to to give you this big story, so you had to know the story by playing it. So, like games like Castlevania, mm-hmm. you got you got a shitty little avatar doing a couple lines of text, but that's all they had space for to give you a story. So you had to pull the story from the game, mm-hmm. and I think that's what like I love Witcher Three. It's one of the great, greatest games of all time. But if you had like you said, all right, give me the Witcher Three plot in two sentences, Can't. I would kind of I'd pass out. I don't know. <laughs> You play as a witcher. What's a witcher? Oh, God. Huh. Like, it's so complicated. <laughs> There's a card but, game. <laughs> but like you said, with something like The Last of Us, it's... It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world. Zombies are out there, and you're looking for a cure, right? You're like, escorting uh, a girl who is the, possibly the key to the cure. There you go. Don't die. Don't <laughs> die. And it's, yeah. it's, it's the telling of the characters, and I think that's, again... Like, you, Mario's got a more complicated plot than that, but, <laughs> but you know... <laughs> but we... Went off. That's fine. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Sega's coming back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on to Godzilla 2, King, King of the Monsters, I believe it's called. Uh, they just began filming. They have a huge cast. Uh, yeah, you were telling me earlier. Yeah, Millie Bobby Brown is starring in it. Um, now I'm blinking on all of them. Thomas Middleditch. Huge cast. Lance, you want to help me out? I'm, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm drowning yeah. here. We'll is Brian Cranston back? Ow. Or did he... <laughs> Uh, I didn't see the first one, oh, so I, I don't see. know. Oh, okay. well, I got bad news for you. <laughs> Can't win them all. Um, but uh, sorry, <laughs> no, please. But they have confirmed the three monsters are yeah. Who we got for the cast? Uh, Millie Brown. Vera Farmiga. For, I'm not gonna Farmiga. Vera Farmiga. I she's love great. her. I can't cool. say her name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's oh, Shay Jackson cool. Jr. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Chandler. Hey, the coach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ken Wanabe. Wanabe. It's yes. Rachel Gould. Yeah. yeah. Awesome Hollywood. Friend. Hollywood's uh, token Japanese actor. He's the only one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sally Hawkins. Uh, a couple other. A couple other people. Thomas yeah. Middleditch. Oh, um, Charles Dance. There you yeah, go. Yeah, a huge cool. Silicon Valley fan. Gonna be a really good cast. Uh, yeah, B- Millie Bobby Brown is playing Vera Farmiga's daughter. Beautiful. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, but it is King of the Monster, King of Monsters, which is sort of their turning. They have a connected universe again. Uh, <laughs> oh. Because every company does. It has to know. Yeah. But this one is a little different. I think this one's okay because it's Godzilla. But this one, they've already confirmed Mothra, which everyone knows who Mothra is. Rodan, who is the sort of the pterodactyl-looking Godzilla villain. And uh, Ghidorah, who is the three-headed winged, who is known as the king of the monsters. So Godzilla isn't... He's the king lizard, right? Ghidorah is, yeah. Ghidorah, who is the three-headed winged monster, is also going to be in this. And this whole time... Monarch, this company that was introduced during King Kong, who is like monitoring all these monsters. They, it's their job to figure out how do we contain these global threats. It's, I mean, it's coming to a head, right, with yeah. Godzilla and King Kong at some point. Yeah, I think the next one after King of yeah. Monsters mm-hmm. is going to be Godzilla versus King Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, I've talked about this before. I hate. <laughs> I've ragged on connected universes before, but I'm going to talk about it because it's the stupidest and coolest idea. Um, it's. I think I know where you're going. Yeah, I think you do too. Uh, is this Lionsgate? I think it's Lionsgate. Does both this and Pacific Rim. Yep. 
And the idea that Monarch is a company that ends up making the first, what are they called in Pacific Rim? Because kaijus are the monsters. Kaijus and... Uh, the suit, yeah, I can't remember the name for the suit, but like the big robotic... If The idea is that if Monarch is the one that creates this suit and the and we see the origin of Pacific Rim in a Godzilla movie, because whether it's a Godzilla himself or a Rodan or another monster comes up and they need a suit to help Godzilla take it out, I think that would be kind of cool. I didn't even like Pacific Rim that much. I liked it, but not as much I as I actually did. I did like it, yeah. But I, I, we've either talked about that before or Chase and I have too because like that was a conversation I've had with somebody else. And I'm like, dude, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I wasn't even, that wasn't even anywhere on my radar. If that's a thing, it's almost – and I'm not even okay, that invested fine. in that world. But no. I'd have to stand up and Shia LaBeouf maybe, applause I that. I think maybe that's <laughs> why it's like it's such a good idea because it's not something – it's not It's not this franchise – are getting crammed down our throats like the dark universe like marvel like dc it's just mm. sort of here these big block blockbuster movies that come out in the summer that make a lot of movies there's a lot of explosions make a lot of money right they're, they're fun, fun movies they're fun movies so hey what if we put them together it seems it seems much more lighthearted to what movies used to be you yeah. see, i feel like you'd see a crossover like that back in the 90s where you're like oh shit they're putting those two together Instead well you of, did see it in the old days yeah with freaking um laurel and hardy wasn't it no it was it was um Mm. You're on your own. Well, <laughs> hijack that train. Uh, uh, no, but it was it. Uh, what was the one? There was a comedy duo where they crossed over with like the classic horror Abbott icons. Uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Right. All that's that right. Stuff. Yeah, mm. the mystery gang uh, meet yeah. the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but this is like the ja I mean Japanese. This is Japanese film, right? Uh, Godzilla. Um, that's what they used to do, right? They all everything tied into Godzilla, yeah. basically. So Godzilla was sort of the crux that all yeah. their movies are based on. I'm about it here. Why not? Why? Not? Because it's because it seems much more innocent. I don't know, in a weird way, because yeah. we, it's not it's not an oversaturation. It's like and Godzilla has been such a Godzilla movies have been <clears throat> such a staple since we've all been kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like hey, it's a monster movie. Well, look oh, at the original Godzilla movie. It was just a monster movie. I mean, yeah. we didn't see much of him because he's always fighting in the dark. But right, there's not much character. I didn't care for any of the acting in it. Um, sorry. Brian Cranston, but um, it, it was just a monster movie, yeah. and that's mm -hmm. all it is. That's all yeah. it needs to be. I'm fine Agreed. with that. Um, Can Michael Doherty just go back and do uh, Trick or Treat too, please? Thank you. Next, <laughs> uh, more news about the new Jumanji movie came out. Oh boy! Our man Jack Black Great. was in a Hollywood Reporter interview, <laughs> and he said uh, that this movie, I think, is called Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Great. Classic Axel Rose. <laughs> Starring him, The Rock, Kevin Hart, and Karen Gillian. Gillen? Gillian. Um, it is actually going to acknowledge uh, Alan Parrish, Robin Williams' character from the first Jumanji. What's happening is this, like we talked about before, it's taking place in the world of the book. I mean, of the game. This, they're in the board game. This is what... <clears throat> it's not. They're not coming out of it. These are characters that live in this game. Within the game. So where he was... Where he was trapped, he was trapped. and yeah, okay. they're saying, as they're trying to find some—I don't know what their ultimate objective is—they're trying to find something, they're trying to get out of somewhere. I don't know what it is, but as they're going along, Alan Parrish had left clues and supplies and traps while he was in there for thirty years, and they're going to come into you know things that Alan Parrish left behind, his treehouse that he lived in for ten years, all of his stuff that he had left behind. So Robin Williams is going to have a footprint in this movie because his character left 
all this stuff behind when he finally escaped the board game. It okay. makes me so emotional. Yeah. <laughs> and I think... Oh, I think this will be up for debate a lot, but I, I'm okay with that because it's not... They're not... It makes sense. They're not shoehorning, shoehorning this character in there. He's not some legend that, oh, do you remember the law? It's like, no, this is where he made a treehouse because he had to, mm. and this is where he lived. It's not going to suddenly disappear. If this is taking place after his time in the board game... I don't know. To me, it, I'm I'm okay with it. Again, I'm a little biased, but I'm also a huge Robin Williams defender. Right. I mean, so if I don't think it's disrespectful, I think they could have gone in a much worse direction. I would have been okay if they didn't acknowledge him at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it could have been much worse. I think they're going to do it in a tasteful yeah. way, and it also comes out in December, so it'll be a great <clears throat> contrast to Star Wars for a family movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you know it's not going to become the Robin Williams connected universe? Movies, oh my and now we go into the game, oh, and it's it. <laughs> and it's flubber, and it's how they get out. <laughs> Patch Adams and they, oh. they, they, <laughs> post credit scene is them finding a magic lamp. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding, obviously. And then we the, get the genie but, origin story. But that is coming. No, Guy Ritchie's doing Aladdin. Yeah. Aladdin, yes, that's fine. But there has been talks for a while now about an actual genie origin story yeah. and i just that's one of the ones that i feel like you can't touch you can't touch it because he improved 90 percent of the genie yeah he did. <laughs> like he was that yeah that character. guy was an animal that guy's he's another yeah. level the dude that plays him on broadway is good he's great he's yeah. great for a broadway production of aladdin um but yeah don't touch the genie film He's okay. great on Broadway because he's Chip. doing Robin Williams' lines. He's doing yeah. the character that Robin Williams created. The reason I don't think, in or- back to the origins, an origin story will work for the genie is because Robin Williams was the genie. He created that yeah. character. He made that character what it was. You can't yeah. backstory something it's like that doing, he made. Right. Yeah. It's like doing a Forrest Gump sequel without Tom Hanks. Right. You can't. You can't do a Colin. <laughs> What? Colin Hanks. Colin Hanks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. He's a good actor. Um, he is. Got three more things to talk about. Pretty big ones. Uh, the Black Panther trailer released a week oh, or yeah. so ago. We just watched it before we started. It's a teaser, I guess. Yeah. And it fucking bumps. It's pumped. sick beats. Bro. It's yeah. really yeah. good. Um, I think Andy Serkis is going to be an incredible cl- Ulysses Claw. Um, for anyone that doesn't know Ulysses Claw's sort of origin, he's been Black Panther's sort of number one baddie for a while. Mm. He doesn't have an arm, which they did in Ultron. They, Ultron cut his arm off. It's replaced with this sonic amplifier that's made from vibranium from Uganda that shoots projected sound. And it's he's one of Black Panther's villains because, as you've seen in both Civil War and in the trailer for Black Panther, shooting with bullets means does nothing to him. Mm. But vibranium is made from, like, it's a metal that has a lot of audio qualities so claw can hurt black panther by shooting sound at him mm. so he's one of the people that so can, essentially his kryptonite you know, yeah like he can found he, a way to he can, yeah he yeah. found a way to damage black panther with the own material that his suit is made out of and andy circus is one of the most underrated actors of our generations thank you um in terms of obviously everyone knows about his mocap stuff but his pure acting when he's him on screen He's phenomenal. He's great. And the supporting cast for Black Panther in terms of the Ucondans is through the fucking roof. Well, I'm going to make a prediction real quick, too. I I think Andy Serkis is going to eventually have his own master class. Please. You know what I mean? On those oh. things. Oh, you know those things you see, you're like, here's Andy Serkis' master class on mocap yeah. or something. Oh, I would pay so much money for that. But anyway. We'll speak on yeah. later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Michael B. Jordan, I can't even, Michael B. Jordan is one of the main mm-hmm. 
I don't know if he's going to be his character is big in the comics. I don't know in the movie if he's an antagonist or just another character. Um, but the entire supporting cast is through the roof in that movie Stacked. with yeah. a lot of Marvel characters too. I think uh, man, man pair bear. I don't remember his name, but he's the main villain. Man bear pig. Man bear pig. <laughs> um, <laughs> the main villain is really good. It look it just looks good. <clears throat> it, it does. Whoever does Marvel's trailers is unbelievable. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sound like not like a fan because I don't remember the. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, who's the actor that's playing him? Yeah, the lead. Um, oh shit! Now I can't think of his name either. Uh, he's great because he was he was Jackie Robinson yeah. in Forty Two, and, and then he yeah, he played uh, James great Brown. Actor. Yeah, right. Like, <clears throat> sorry, I need water. But uh, he he was kind of like breaking in. He was breaking in on like a mainstream level, playing famous people. And I remember yeah. thinking that this dude's gonna have a. He's already got like a great career because he's playing like Jackie Robinson and he's playing James Brown. Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. I like him a lot. He's um, phenomenal. And I can't say I've seen all of his stuff, but I've seen enough of him to be like, I like this guy. He's a great actor. He's a, he's he's like he has all the qualities of somebody you would hit your wagon to to carry a franchise. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, he's got yeah, he's got leading man written all right. over. Right. Well, yeah, he's just super talented. War. I mean, he stole every scene he was. I was just going to oh, say man. that. I walked out of Civil War with him being my favorite yeah. character. He yeah, was the too. one that I wanted to know more about and right. see more of. And he's, I was pumped for the movie after mm-hmm. Civil War. Yeah, him. he's great, super talented, but on that note, I don't really I know really nothing about Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, too, yeah. uh, I don't know. I just like it looks cool. Maybe I just need to go into it with the same mindset I had with Guardians. First Guardians movie, didn't know, not knowing anything about that, yeah. and then walking out going, "Holy crap!" That yeah, was I know nothing about Black Panther solo. I know like he's part of the Marvel Illuminati, and I know he led the Avengers for a while, and but I know nothing about his solo ventures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very much in the vein of like Iron Man or Doctor Doom, where he is like a tier one character in that he knows every martial art. His suit is damn near indestructible. He's a super genius. Like he's a tier one character in terms of power level. So it'll be interesting to see how they manage that i mean they already showed it in civil war he took on fucking captain america and the winter soldier by himself Mm -hmm. and pretty much won if it weren't for other factors coming Mm -hmm. in yeah right Mm -hmm. um he um is he sort of the impression i'm getting is that you know there there's are they're having to set up their next like generation essentially yeah doctor strange is in these characters like that so obviously he's a big part for phase two essentially then yeah well phase four right rather when the baton gets passed they've all but confirmed that phase four instead of cap thor iron man it's going to be spider-man doctor strange black panther got it cool which i'm fucking okay with yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely um and then of course captain marvel is coming in with brie larson and a couple other people a couple other heroes are set to make i don't know how intertwine the inhumans are going to be but that's a whole other thing mm. yeah i don't even want to get started on that no. um venom yeah <laughs> so a couple of days ago amy pascal came out and <clears throat> hinted that venom silver saber and black cat are going to be in the same universe they're going to be adjunct to spider-man homecoming while not be maybe being seen together they're going to live in the same universe Kevin Feige earlier has pretty much all but said, no, that's not happening. Um, which I would probably believe him before her, just because he's in charge of the MCU and they seem to have the upper hand in terms of negotiations here. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Lance, you said that Spider-Man... Venom wouldn't work without Spider-Man. No. 
I mean, you being barely, I mean, a street-level fan of all those, I mean, I think you would have to agree Venom is nothing without Spider-Man. Agreed. I think there can be a case for it. I just think, I think Venom, once established, can exist without Spider-Man, but I think it's almost impossible right. to establish Venom without Spider-Man. Right. And I think that's where their problem comes in. I've seen a lot of people say, well, maybe they'll just do a strictly symbiote storyline, just about the symbiotes, not about Spider-Man, just the symbiotes. And the new announcement that came out today may add fuel to that fire in that the rumor is the villain for the Venom movie is going to be Carnage. Which That's huge. It's got to be a hard R because mm-hmm. if you don't know Carnage, Carnage is the um, product of the symbiote latching off of Eddie Brock finding while he's in a cell with convicted serial killer Cletus Cassidy. Cletus Cassidy is like he kills people for fun. When he was a kid, he killed his dog to see if he could when he was like five years old and then it like spiraled him down. He killed his family. He kills people for the carnage of it. Like that's his thing. Right. And the symbiotes, Spider-Man history lesson, you guys, the symbiotes, what they do, they don't, they don't mold your personality anyway. They enhance the strongest personality trait in you. That's why when Peter Parker was taken over by the symbiote, he didn't become he danced, eat, he um. danced like crazy. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't become Ugh. evil. He just became like pet more passionate because that's Peter's Parker thi- Peter Parker's thing. He mm-hmm. he hit harder. He swung faster. He and Peter Parker didn't like that, so he removed it. And when it went to Eddie Brock, Eddie Brock was it was vengeful. He didn't like Peter Parker. He didn't like Spider Man. Right. So when the symbiote attached to him. It was all. That's why he became obsessed. He wants to it. eat Spider-Man. Yeah. He wants to kill Spider-Man. He became obsessed with vengeance. Right. And when it attaches to Cletus Cassidy, he just likes killing. Right. And that's Carnage's. He kills for fun. He he killed an entire town in Colorado in Carnage USA, or took it over because he wanted to. Like mm. his whole thing is he's just this demented serial killer to the nth degree. And in the comic books, it takes Venom and Spider-Man teaming up to take him down. That's the first time they teamed up. Mm. So this will be very interesting because it has been straight up said that Carnage is stronger than individually Venom or Spider-Man. Right. So it's like a lot for one movie. That that I mean, maybe they're planning to do more. Right. I, you got at this point. I just assume anything that's coming out is like, well, they're gonna do another one, which is kind of sad. Um, but right. But uh, and and then when you when you when you cast somebody like Tom Hardy in it, it almost begs like, well, we need we need he has to he has to be the star. Because yeah. he's got star quality and he's that good, it's like, yeah. well, where just where do, I don't know. My question would be like, where do we go? Like what? Yeah. Like What's can there, can, can Venom like carry I, multiple films? I feel like Sony is just throwing as much to this fire as they can to like, keep to hold on to the like. Spider-Man hey, we got hate. Carnage, we got Venom, we got Tom Hardy, but you don't have Spider Man. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, you're missing the biggest piece of this yeah. whole thing. If this is a new Venom, you need to have Spider Man for it. What are you gonna do? Like, start the movie with like. The stuff coming down from the tower, and it's like, oh, that wasn't Spider-Man. Honestly, maybe <laughs> it might be like hinted at. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, I, well, we talked about this before. Like, it's connected. It's not connected. Is it like Deadpool, where you're kind of doing like a parody, where it's right. it's connected? Hey, it's the X-Men. Yeah. Right. Speaking of this movie, I already assume. Well, they already announced that it's going to be R-rated because it's Venom. But if they're going to do Carnage, as I said before, it has to be hard R. Yeah. Like Deadpool R. Because he swears every other word, he tortures people. Right. Venom himself is gruesome enough that just through graphic imagery alone, mm-hmm. it's going to be yeah. pushing PG thirteen. Right. So. Oh, man, I don't know. I think this is a disaster. That's just me. I'm I'm actually 
you all know how big a Carnage fan I am. He's my favorite villain. Um, Even I wish they didn't do Carnage right away. I would have rather seen a Venom to see if they could do it. And then, okay, it worked. Mm -hmm. I trust him. Put him against his number one enemy. Yeah, and I I guess just because I'm not as knowledgeable about it, it feels to me like you're going, you're just everything at once type of thing. It's like after Carnage... Where do you go? Where do you go from there? Right. If you give, can't, give if you can't go Spider-Man, grow, right? you can't go Spider-Man, where do you go from Carnage? Right. So maybe it is a one-off movie, but it's like not in this age, I mean, man. So, I mean, especially if it has any kind of traction to right. it. Right. You know? when, they, when we had Andrew Garfield, they wanted to do a Sinister Six movie Yeah. with Venom. With They totally opened it up at the end. Yeah. It's happening. Here's, here's everybody. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's not happening. Um, our last thing we want to talk about, Wonder Woman. Who wants to go first? Haven't seen it, so I won't. Ah, uh, why? Uh, oof. I haven't been in the movie. Go. Yeah. Leave. <laughs> I finally saw. Go shirts, now. So. Uh, well, I'll, I'll I'll jump in real quick. Then um, we were kind of talking earlier in the podcast about director changes, and originally Patty Jenkins was not the first choice. Thank God. I think she initially, was. I, and I'm blanking on her name, and I, I would maybe Lance if can find it. There was a a, a, a director. She, I know she did Breaking Bad stuff. She did a lot okay. of TV. She's done Game of Thrones even too. This, mm-hmm. this director, and I'm totally blanking on her name, but she, she did a number of, of Breaking Bad episodes and has done mostly TV. I think she was maybe not attached to it originally, but like that was targeted, a lot of what I had heard. And then Patty Jenkins came in. But then you know, the legend was that Patty Jenkins was originally supposed to do a Thor film. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. I heard that. And, and so that, that in this whatever battle between the brands you want to buy into – it's like a it's like a extra little win for DC to be like, well, we yeah. we, we poached your director and look at the movie that came out as a result mm-hmm. of yeah. it. So have. all that to say, sometimes changes are work out like just it's just it's great. It was great timing and it worked out really well because I think when you look at this film, yeah, you go, you got us to stand up and give it a big round of applause yeah. mm-hmm. because I mean, you know, holy hell. you know less about DC than anyone here. Yes, uh, you saw Batman vs Superman, right? Yeah, we saw it. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts they on don't. Long. They don't even ca- compare. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, I really do enjoy superhero movies. I enjoy action movies. This one was in a league of its own. Like, I, I feel like you Madonna. can't even. No, it, yes, I mean, really though. <laughs> but let's be fair. It's Cher. It's not Madonna. Cher is Cher is queen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like you can't even put them in the same caliber of filmmaking. Mm. Um, Wonder Woman was, and this is coming from a woman. I mean, I pretty much cried from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Whether <laughs> whether it was from just watching Robin Wright, Gal Gadot, all of the supporting female characters. Um, I mean, the movie opens with them just kicking major ass, and and, it, and it's a badass fight. And it's, holy it's, shit! That some fight of the shots choreographer, like, yeah. yeah, the choreographer of that movie is unbelievable too. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, it it was unreal, and not just on top of like the action and the superhero elements of the story. There was so much heart, and there was so much compassion yeah. in the story that. Not that it's lacking in other superhero movies, but it's it's more of a a self or group compassion. It's right. concern for the other superhero friends or the right. superhero group. Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. It was 
worldwide. It was yeah. a compassion for humanity. Mm. And right. I'm, I'm, I have... I have so many words and I have no words. Yeah. It was, no, I get it was I mean, so powerful. Something they did really well, I was talking to Lacey about this after we left the theater, that a director could have really messed up on, which is why I think Patty Jenkins, who is already, by the way, in development of the sequel. It's right. confirmed mm-hmm. she's already yes, working on the they sequel. They should be, yeah. Um, but she handled so well is that because everyone knew Wonder Woman, this movie was going to be this sort of this icon. They had to make it right. It's a big it, deal. It would have been really easy to fall into the trap of making her this immortal sort of gold statue, that this infallible character. But Wonder Woman messes up in the movie more than once. She's learning experiences for yeah, sure. Yeah, both mm-hmm. in dramatic ways and in comedic ways. Mm-hmm. There's she's it. It grounds Patty Jenkins grounded her perfectly. Also in the writing, I don't want to give the right. I don't want to miss out giving credit to the writing too. Mm-hmm. But she had moments of real humanity where, like, when she first came in, came to London and she didn't know the, the customs or and when she messes up in battle and has to learn on the job sort of thing, it really actually made it so you're like, okay, yeah, she isn't this perfect feature that... Because mm-hmm. if Wonder Woman was too perfect in the movie, you'd be like, all right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and there are three things hopefully I can get to. Uh, because <laughs> and since seeing it, I've read some things and it's they're great points, I think. Mm-hmm. Um one of them was somebody had said in this article that um, one of the things that works so well about that film is, and it's not going to be able to word it that well, so I apologize, but um, kind of what we're talking about with Ellie in The Last of Us, or mm-hmm. these other strong female characters, that, that it's not just about seeing a female lead and then this a female-led superhero movie that's also directed by female. It's not just that. It's that it's... Uh, it was actually the role reversal of the men in the film. Like you yeah. have Chris Pine as Steve Trevor, and um, he was great because he supported her. And right. and this is and, I've talked to Lacey about this. Is it could have very easily been a a male damsel in distress, mm-hmm. right? Where she has to save him, but instead. He he helped her. He, he was still her. very competent. Yeah, and he did a lot of things. And obviously, in, without giving stuff away, he has a he has a couple moments where he's sort of through directly communicating with her. You can kind of tell affects her and changes her and and and, yeah. and inspires her too. Like and, yeah. and, and it's like there's a trade off. It's like she's obviously inspirational and, and stands for a lot, but then like it's like well, what inspires Wonder Woman? You know, there's something has to have like. Yeah, you know, given her motivation she at times can't just too. Be like, I yeah, exactly. Right, and so it was cool to see that the 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 tables turn in that sense. But it, but they never, yeah, they never dumbed these characters down into these tropes necessarily because it wasn't like well, just because it's a female lead, we're gonna make the guy stranded all the time. No, yeah, it he, wasn't. It was like you had a very ass. strong, you had a very strong male character who deferred to her. Yeah, and as a result, it gave her even more like importance and weight and. And then there was another thing I read, which is a little bit kind of, I thought, slightly silly, but maybe it matches my male perspective on it. Uh, the, but I get the point what they're making. This woman was saying that, thank God Patty Jenkins did this or that a woman was directing this film because there was one shot where like Wonder Woman lands and does the sort of classic superhero land. But they said uh-huh. the way it was shot, you could see her thigh, you know, because we know what Wonder Woman's wearing, and it jiggled. 
And she was like, it was an important thing to see yeah. Wonder Woman's fight J-Lo. She said, and if a man had done this movie, they would have never focused on that. There would have been would've a been lot of shots out. showing her just looking hot and beautiful and shit like that. But, mm -hmm. but like, we were actually kind of seeing all of her without, like, airbrushing it away or digitally getting rid of these things. She it was, was like, here I am. during a lot of the filming, too. Right, which is, right. And, wow, um, Gal Gadot is the best. And then, yeah, the, the last thing, I, I think, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think the jury needs to be out anymore or, like undecided on Gal Gadot she freaking crushed it yeah. oh my gosh and, and like has all the charisma in the world you I would talking love about to see people's reason for not liking her yeah mm -hmm. like yeah please point out what, what she's missing I will missing. say to play devil's advocate so we can say something wrong with the movie um, my one problem with it you touched a little bit save for Chris Pine you know Robin Wright the even sub side characters did get a little kitschy for me Chris Pine's friends, where you get the sub sub characters, they were a little stereotypical yeah. for me. The the Scotsman and the Native American, they were a little mm -hmm. bit like here's, like here's this token and here's that right. Token it's and like that. very on the nose. Yeah. yeah, it was. That's exactly what it was. It was on the nose. Yeah. And but if that's my biggest complaint with the movie, I'm okay with it. That's almost like a. I, in some ways, I feel like that's almost a byproduct of just the industry and the way the movies are done. It's like, yeah. it's it's like when they were. Con I would imagine they were constructing the movie or whatever, and, and not that they made those characters up for the movie, but it's like, uh, we need characters that fulfill these things, right? We need diversity. Like, like, it's like, oh, okay, well, we'll, we'll okay. And instead of yeah, we need diversity, and so instead of making an important character who happens to be Native American, they made a Native American character, right? Which. Mm. It's a whole other thing I have a problem with. We'll get to that later. Um, but instead of make instead of making a character who lives on their own, much like Ellie lives on her own, who happens to be a female, they made a character who is defined by his nationality or his mm. whatever. You know what I mean? Mm. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Chief in the movie. Was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. So with a successful Wonder Woman, mm -hmm. a possible Batgirl with Joss Whedon taking the helm. Has DC found its niche with females? <laughs> females. Fuck yeah, they have. Is this going to push Marvel to finally do the Black Widow movie or another? I well, think I know that they're doing um, Marvel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with Brie Larson. Yeah. She's going to be phenomenal. And, and, and there's going to be a Harley one later on. Yeah, they're doing the, um, what's it called, of Gotham. Oh, the sirens. The sirens, sirens yeah. yeah. So um, is that is that going to be DC's thing finally? I hope so. I'm okay yeah, with it because good. so far they have a lot of great female. They characters. have been the ones to show up. I hated Suicide Squad, but I did not hate Margot Robbie. Yeah, right. She, I mean, she had nothing to work with, but I didn't walk away. There's, I walked away. Really didn't like Jared Leto. Really didn't like a lot of the characters, but I walked away like I would watch another movie with Margot Robbie as Harley yeah. Quinn. Yeah. Same. With as much as I dislike Suicide Squad, I wouldn't want to give. I would not watch a Suicide Squad two, but I would watch a movie with a Harley yeah. Quinn movie. I would watch a movie with Margot Robbie where she's in a burlap sack. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, she's obviously the most marketable from the movie, so they're oh, going to yeah. continue to make those. That's fine. They're doing. They just need to put some care. Is into that going to be her Ivy and Catwoman? They, no. Yeah, they said they announced the three characters. And everyone keeps saying Jessica Chastain is Ivy, which I think is just fan casting. It's perfect fan casting, but I think it's just fan casting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But she's got red hair. Great. Great, because <laughs> nobody's hair can change color. Right. <laughs> or a wig or whatever, but yeah. Um, but, I mean, if this is what they're good at, keep doing it, DC. Uh, yeah. I have no problem with it. Do you have a problem with it? I, I, of course I don't have a problem with it, but I think <laughs> where... 
DC struggles and where Wonder Woman succeeded was the character element right. of Wonder Woman and even the sub characters of Chris Pine's Steve, right? Mm-hmm. Steve. Um and the villain and um I think where they fall into traps and where they fall into tropes is they get so focused on the image and the idea of the characters. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's so much of what... I haven't seen Suicide Squad, but that's so much of how they marketed it was like, look at the Joker being creepy. Look at Harley swinging a bat. Look Mm -hmm. at her butt. Like, rather than the the deep-rooted... Yeah, look at person. Look at Wonder Woman with compassion. Except they can only offer like what you're kind of what you're saying. Like they, these characters only offer one thing. Yes. When obviously they they don't. There's a lot of material there, mm-hmm. but we're only going to like just focus on the Deadshot obvious. Deadshot can shoot but, people. Yeah, they're like, Queen's well, crazy. like oh shit. Yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah. But you're right, and yeah, Wonder Woman had a, obviously has a, a lot to offer, and I think kind of showcase that throughout. And yeah. and. Mm-hmm. What's obviously not going to be the last time we see her in something, so we're going to have more opportunities for that to continue to blossom. But yeah, I mean, if this is all we ever got, yeah, this is and as this is great. As I mean, we you wrap know what I mean? this as far up, as Wonder Woman's concerned, as we wrap this up, I will say, Lacey can attest to my love for it. Wonder Woman has the best theme song of any single character. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, it's so good. Have you listened to That's it by actually something else? Uh, yeah, like, you know what? That's something I think has been missing shit. from a lot of these superhero films for, for a long time now, is there's not a lot of recognizable themes and scores yeah. to stuff. It's like it's like the, the Danny Elfman Batman was like... Which, it's, bless. And by the way, <laughs> he's also doing Justice League. That's yes, be he huge. is. Holy shit. But uh-huh. yeah, it, that, there's that, and that's basically it. It's like everybody knows that theme, and they even borrowed it for the animated series. And then it's like, what else came from that? Like Hans Zimmer did some good stuff, I think. Some very, yeah. from very like, kind of uh, genre, like shifting is, things I mean, with the Dark Knight trilogy. But mm-hmm. it's like there's not really like a theme. You wonder though. I because... can recall, but that Wonder Woman one. Oh my god! Yeah, it's so good. Uh, there's oh, there's a really good video online too that breaks down why it's so good, and why it feels so empowering. Um, I digress, but that's something you gotta wonder. You think about these themes and people. If you attach a theme to a movie, people love it. Inception, while it might be not a song. Oh yeah. People know the Inception That's true. music. That's people know the Wonder Woman music. It is only a good thing. Right. So you wonder why you don't see that. And and I guess the, and the only flip side that I can think of off the top of my head, Marvel wise, is the Guardian stuff. But those are all pre-existing songs. Right. Right. You're like, oh, I love that about the Guardians that they had all these sort of popular songs mm. that maybe I'd forgotten about or these oldies that yeah. they were throwing back to. But it's like, well, yeah, those are great. The Uga Chaka and all that stuff, and yeah. these are fun. But those aren't. That's not the same, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. I would love so to see like, Spider-Man have one. But I mean, everyone knows the Spider-Man theme from uh, the '90s. Man, mm-hmm. um, yep. that and the X-Men TV show. Yeah, 90s the X-Men. Themes. Everyone, yeah. you connect music. Like it's a big thing. Psychologically, yeah. mu- it's music connects you to things. That might be the one thing you remember the most walking mm-hmm. out later yeah. on. You're like, you don't even know. You realize you're humming the theme to it. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, it's in my bones. <laughs> so, in summary, um, don't fuck up Venom. Sega games are coming out. I'm worried about Han Solo and make more movie theme songs. Yes, please. Do it. Anybody, anything else? All right. That's it. Thanks for listening and watching, everyone. All right. See you next time. I'm sweaty. Mm-hmm. Charles. Yeah. Cool. Ahem. <clears throat> <Deal. clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat>
That's my vocal warm up. <laughs> One more time, you sound like Link. God! <laughs> <laughs>